take your afternoon constitutional with us as we celebrate Gus the Gopher Tortoise on the occasion of his 100th birthday. You've come the longest way, baby. I'm Tara Thorne, and this is The Tideline. Sorry we missed you last week. I was on the road in Montreal where it was just as hot as it was here, but there was no heat warning because it's normal up there. And let's hope that does not become the case here. This is a very special week and we're going to get to celebrating my favorite Haligonium very soon. But first, I want to mention a few things going on here in the middle of August. This Sunday is the 10th annual Art of Disability Festival, making its return to an in-person event for the first time since 2019. Produced by Independent Living Nova Scotia, the festival highlights the artistic talents of persons living with disabilities by throwing a big party where you can buy their wares in whichever discipline they occur in, including paintings, books, cards, and food. This year's festival is at Pier 21 from noon to 4. Again, that is on Sunday, and you can visit ilns.ca for more info. A reminder that Shakespeare by the Sea's production of Hamlet is now open. I missed it on my week off. And if you need a refresher, go back a couple weeks to catch my interview with director Drew Durris O'Hara and star Devon Steele. Looking ahead to next Wednesday, that is August 18th, I am taking part, self-indulgence alarm, I'm taking part in Matchsticks Theater's full album tribute to Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. I fear I will be outmatched by the core theater crowd on the docket, including past guests of this show, Kat McCormick, Stuart Legere, Stevie Hunter, and Peter Sardi. But any Alanis is a cause for celebration, and in this instance, your money goes toward producing independent theater. As a former child actor, I bet Alanis would approve. In other Tara's formative art years news, on Friday... Amazon is launching a series version of A League of Their Own, which is my second favorite movie of all time after Thelma and Louise. Both of them star Gina Davis. Coincidence? Not sure. It's the story of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. And I'm not one of those psychos who believes new content can diminish the original content of my youth. But God help you, Abby Jacobson, if you fuck this up. It actually looks pretty great, even though all the clips I've seen directly reference the movie. It does have a diverse cast and Nick Offerman in the Tom Hanks part, but there's no crying in baseball or on Twitter, Abby. August 15th is Acadian Day worldwide, and my bud Trevor Murphy is going to be holding up the French power pop torch down in Pubnico at the Dennis Point Wharf. If you're fresh from the Lunenburg Folk Harbor Festival, you know what an absolute treat it is to watch a show outside with the sea as your backdrop. This show will cap off Acadian Week in the area, Here's a track from Sluice's debut, Le Success par le Travail. This is Electrique. Pour ouvrir la porte 
time last year, Palmer and I took the only Tideline field trip to the Museum of Natural History on Summer Street to visit Gus, the museum's mascot who was turning 99 years old, because we didn't know then that we'd still be on the air for his 100th birthday. He is, as I've said many times, my favorite Haligonian. Gus has been living in Halifax since 1942, after being purchased for $5 in Florida, and in the 50s was named after a devoted museum volunteer named John Augustus Gillen. While we were there in the summer of 2021, we talked to the curator of visitor experiences, Jeff Gray, about Gus, his life, and his time at the museum. Here's what he had to say about his ever-increasing popularity. Why do people love him so much? I, I, I think he is the perfect mix of all the things that you want to love. I think that he is because he is he he has the persona, whether this is ourselves have reflected it on him or it just is how he seems. But he has a curmudgeonly old mm-hmm. man feeling that you just love that little person. Uh, and I think that that's one part of it. I think a big a bigger portion of it, I feel. And it it seems like what I'm about to say is made up. And I've said it a bunch of times, so it's not starting to feel like it's made up. But the reality is there are, and I've seen it, and I know that others who work here have seen it too. There are grandparents who come here with their grandchildren and stand in front of Gus. And I've heard them say it over and over. I used to come and see Gus when I was your age. And so when you have had something, anything, that is has that generational connection, mm-hmm. I think that that's a big part of it. Uh, not many of us know anybody, you know, who is 99. And so to know that, you know, when people start really wrapping their mind around the time, you know, that time binds multiple generations now. And so I think that people then have that kind of of an emotional connection to Gus as a person. And I think that that's the thing about it too. And I think it's hard for us as a museum to have those kinds of conversations too, because he's become a part of the museum in a in a personified person way and not you know it's not he's not even like a pet or like a mascot or like uh, anything else he is just it's just Gus it's part of the experience when you come to the museum and I think that's how it works I think another part of it and it's not quite true now but it has been for years he is the first thing that you see when you come into the museum. Mm-hmm. He's the last thing that you see when you leave the museum. And that's sort of bookending your experience. If it's as small as a little smile or a full-on taking part in a walk, the vast majority of, you know, we are at now millions of visitors who have been here in the time that he's been here have had some kind of authentic experience with him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that adds to it too. So I think all those things together build out this time where you're now not able to separate your museum experience from a Gus interaction. And so I think that that, that's what it's become. We also spoke with Liz Spence, assistant curator of interpretation, who deals with Gus almost daily. I think that he he does represent a big part of the museum to people. And it is a lot of that generational thing. Like I do hear people saying, this is the Gus I met when I was little. And then they'll look at you and be like, right? And you're like, yes, it is the same Gus. It's not like Lassie where you're replacing them secretly. (laughs) (laughs) Same Gus, we promise. Um, And Gus is sweet. He's kind. He kind of just encourages that. Take a moment, slow down, look at wildlife right in the face that you don't often get to see. Right. And people seem to really like that. It's fitting that I first met Gus on a field trip 
And even though we've both been around long enough for it to have been when I was a child, it was a field trip for adults. I was working at the coast at the time, and that summer, each department was responsible for a fun team event. And the sales department took us to the museum, where we hung out with Gus on his walk. We also wore capes. I do not remember why. I also don't remember the exact year. It's been at least a decade, but knowing time, it could be even longer. Anyway, there was Gus sitting in his little enclosure under a heat lamp doing nothing. I stooped down to try and look him in the eye, and he looked back with his traditional expression of nothing. I slid a handmade sign inside the plexiglass that said, Follow the tortoise, which is an old Simpsons joke. And I took what I thought was an original and hilarious photo, and then I wandered off to look at some animal poop deeper into the museum. When the time came for his walk, out in the back around a circular flower bed, everything changed. All of that famous tortoise stoicism disappeared as Gus ran laps at a very respectable clip around this little garden track that I'm sure was designed with him in mind. I began to see how the myths of him running wild in the old museum on Spring Garden Road, even allegedly escaping the building once, were very likely true. None of us could believe it, watching him come to life like the Looney Tunes dancing frog, except here, everyone could see. The first time I saw him on a walk, I was surprised at how fast he was. He's very fast. Um, I was one of the staff coming in during the closure, so we were taking turns. And you might think you can multitask. You cannot. <laughs> Gus is very fast. Uh, so when you go on a walk, you'll often see staff right beside him. It's one, for his safety, but two, that he can just be really fast, really surprising. You'll think he's being slow. He's got those little legs going. And you're watching him. Can you vibe out his moods? Like, do you know the days that he's a good mood or he's cranky? Yes. Um, once I was five minutes late starting his walk. Mm -hmm. He had already gone back in his house. He kicked some sand at me and kind of made it known that you're late. This is unacceptable. And it took him a couple of minutes to warm up for food. And then another day we were closed. And so we're, we can be a bit more flexible with his timing then. And I took him out and he was so mad at me. He actually, like, I put him down on the ground here in the backyard and he just physically turned his back to me and sat there and wouldn't look at me the entire time. Gus. Yeah. So never be late for Gus Walk is a wow. well-learned lesson. <laughs> uh, does he eat seasonally? He does. What's he eating right now? He is loving the grass and the clover. Um, we do intersperse that with some fruit, usually bananas, berries, but we like to do in-season. So in-season strawberries when we had them. Um, he loves dandelions. That's his first real taste of spring. I visit the museum a few times a year, usually on Gus's birthday, but occasionally out of celebration season or for Carbonark Cinema, which unfortunately for that you enter through a side door and you miss Gus completely. It's one of those places that makes Halifax feel like a real city with its high ceilings, random tanks of frogs and snakes, changing exhibitions, and downtown location. And Gus, its mascot. He was never intended to be that, but here we are. I've thought a lot about why I'm so into him, because it's not like he's a dog I can hang out with or a cat I can hold against his will, and I do think his bite would be awful. It's for sure because he looks so surly, even though that's just how he looks. I swear I'm not angry, that's just my face, as Phoebe Bridgers once sang. As a middle-aged crank, I love an old crank. Maybe I see myself in him? I certainly don't want to live to be 100, and if I do, you better not have six parties for me. Side note. But is he even cranky, or is that just something we presume because of context clues? 
when I saw him on his walk, however many years ago, whatever that number is, and when I saw him on his walk one year ago, he scooted around with seeming joy. He, I think, happily chowed down on his banana lunch. And he loved fucking with the museum staff by power boosting away from them just a little bit. Do I love him because his blank face and shell are something for me and all of us to project upon? There's a thing about how Gus used to be in a wide open pen, but his shell got shiny from people petting him, so they changed it for everyone's safety. He was so loved, he glowed. You don't hear tandem reports about him biting children, by the way, but I'm sure it happened. Things change in all towns, such as life, but we seem to throw away a lot of our best things in Halifax. We lost our best movie theater, and it dares to continue to use film puns on the marquee it should have never owned. We lost our best video store, one of the weirdest, coolest buildings in town, and it now sits empty, a beacon with no purpose on Quimple Road. The pavilion is a fucking admin office for the company putting in the pool on the common. Your favorite bar or cafe is now a condo or condo hole. People are leaving because they can no longer afford it. But Gus outlasts all that, all of our trials, serious and frivolous. We know where he is. We know when to find him in the backyard, 3 p.m. daily. And we know he'll be there, staring back dispassionately, a symbol of time and rigor and healthy living. Is it true that he roamed free for decades? That is my understanding. For at least a decade or more, he sort of roamed the, the Nova Scotia Museum site when it was on Spring Garden Road, mm -hmm. uh, next door to what is currently the, the library. Uh, he did roam quite freely there. Uh, his, his care has become significantly more part of the museum's work, certainly over the last 30 to 40 years uh, of the 50 that we've been here. It's been much, much more looked after and, and thought about. Gus is the oldest known living gopher tortoise in the friggin' world, already past his life expectancy, even for captivity. When the time comes, this whole city better shut down for the day. But until then, celebrate his 100th birthday this weekend, August 12th through 14th, with two parties each day at 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. You can hang out in the Gus retrospective exhibit, go on a little scavenger hunt, Make a commemorative postcard and see how many Gus's tall you are. Now, is that toe to nose or are we stacking shells on shells? Not sure. So that makes six opportunities for you to sing Happy Hatch Day to the boy. From us here at the Tideline, happy 100th, Gus. You make our little city so much better. Happy birthday, dear Gus. Happy birthday, dear Gus. Happy birthday, dear Gus, the tortoise, Gus, the tortoise, the gopher tortoise, yes, the gopher tortoise. Happy birthday, dear Gus. Happy birthday, Gus, from Rebecca Wolf and Colleen McIsaac. Hi, we're the Minute Women Podcast. My name is Grace. And my name is Linnea. And we just wanted to wish Gus a, a happy, happy birthday. birthday. This is Andre Fenton. I want to say happy birthday to Gus. Congrats on making it to 100. Gus, wow, it's been quite a journey. It's so special to have traveled these last decades with you. I remember your 80th birthday when I was 10. And now here you are. Happy birthday. All the best. Have a great time. Gus, this city is not the same. If it weren't for you, I mean, 
I wouldn't have gone to the Museum of Natural History. My mom said, you were very old back then, so I can't imagine what you look like now. But Gus, keep rolling with the waves, you tortoise. You beautiful, beautiful tortoise. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to Gus. And Gus, if I was a better singer, I'd sing for you, but I don't want anyone to turn out. Happy Happy birthday, Gus. From, from Hello, Hello City. City. Hello, Hello City. City. Hello City. The Tideline is engineered by Palmer Jamison at the Golden Palm and produced by the Halifax Examiner.